uh let's get going brigham young money we are back it's another week and we are not reviewing a book of mormon movie this week we 46 what we're on episode 46 i even typed that in (laughs) greg's over here like doing bastardized sign language and i was like it's episode 46 this is the 46th installment of brigham young money and it's Kyle, Jordan, and Greg. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing nice. good, actually. Um, it was a perfect day outside. Dude, it was beautiful. And today. I realize, and I realize, we only have so many more of those left because before it just becomes just so hot that I don't want to do anything, and then they just like lie around and just become essentially a vegetable. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Greg, what about you? Good day. Great day. Incredible day. An ass whipping on a bike. Yeah, dude. So I, I, I don't think I'm at the ass whipping on a bike level that I've deemed you to be at yet, but I, I haven't mountain biked in like years since I was in my teens and I, uh, borrowed a mountain bike today from my dear father he has a pretty nice bike, so I uh, snagged that because it t- it's apparently really hard to buy a mountain bike right now because, I mean, when I bought my road bike at the beginning of the pandemic, that was like pretty crazy to get that. And then it just got insane from there and no one has bikes. But anyway, so I borrowed his yeah, and they're all yeah, on that car and like every company. Yeah. And cars, too, like every fucking and like appliances. Everything's on back order currently. Um when it rode uh corner canyon or i don't i don't know if it's called corner canyon it's on like the utah county side of quarter canyon where you ride up and then ride downhill on like some of those trails and it was it was fucking fun oh, like traverse yeah. mountains something like that did you do like vertigo yes or like levitate yes. and all those yeah that shit okay. was fun yeah that's still that's considered yeah. corner canyon that's it's beautiful it was I like, like super green right now like i mean the foothills like it's beautiful right now before it um it's my favorite time of the yeah, year which is going to be related to a topic we talk about in just a moment but like uh yeah it is super nice um i'm not at the ass whipping on a bike level yet but i hope to be soon but i think i i certainly um caught certainly the bug. feel like i've caught the bug dude it was really fun riding downhill it's so much dude, fun come on it's a blast but anyway yeah it's beautiful out right now it's yeah. just a good time to be good time to be alive and in utah sort of i guess um yeah so what so today spencer it it was announced that spencer cox i think he did a press conference or something but we've been getting a lot of uh a lot of messaging coming through about how we're in i think what is deemed to be an exceptional drought and if you're keeping track that is the worst kind of drought that's above extreme um so it's not it's not great and also i have a buddy who um he works he works with water shit i don't know what his job is but he does water shit but he sent me this thing that said in april 2021 soil moisture was drier than average across 98 percent of the west and 41 percent of the west experienced its driest or second driest april on record So that's a bad start. Regionally, average soil moisture is very likely lowest on record in at least 127 years as we head into the 2021 warm season. So when when it's the West, it's like literally everything West of the Midwest is in um, 
very bad moisture water levels. And then we are also in extreme drought on top of, or excuse me, exceptional drought on top of that. So we are fucked. I have yeah. a semantics question to ask. Sure. Why is exceptional above extreme? I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense because like, just think about like everything that's been ever labeled extreme in our lives. And for some reason, exceptional is just like, eh, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I have that right. Right. Like, I think I saw that. Wait, was it Ben Winslow that tweeted out what the drought shit? I can't, I can't remember between the critical race theory shit and the drought shit. It's hard to keep track. Um, I, I kind of lost consciousness yeah, it, when he said like exceptional. No, I kind of lost consciousness where I read like Spencer Cox was like still like, eh, we don't know about fireworks restrictions yet. It's like, you probably should. You like, bastard. <laughs> I don't want my house to burn down. Okay, so it goes for, oh my God, the drought monitor. It starts at none abnormally dry, moderate drought, severe drought, extreme drought, and exceptional drought. That's and so dumb. The majority of the state is in exceptional, exceptional drought, including like the majority of the Colorado River. Um, like... There are a lot of places in Lake Powell right now that you nor just can't get to on a boat like that you normally can. When I say normally, I mean within like the last 10 years, just because the water level is so low. So um, <laughs> that's that's a little scary. And then when we think about how bad the fires were in the western United States last year, where it was just uh, looked like napalm had just been was flying through the skies of uh, many western states. I th enjoy this weather while we have it and this incredibly clean sky while we have it because, um, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not looking good folks. And so, yeah. Got a uh, quick question for you boys. Yes. You guys got big weekend plans? Cause I'm going to go rake the forest. If you guys want to come with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've been paying really close attention to Trump's personal, uh, fucking Twitter feed from his desk or whatever. And he's been asking for volunteers for forest rakers. And Please I think I'm going to be taking us. it upon myself. So we're going out there. We're getting, we're getting a bunch of just fucking plastic rakes and we're going to just start raking. So hope to see you all out there. I'll be coordinating some efforts via yeah. Twitter here in the near future, but hope we can all gather together and do some raking because uh, God knows our forests need it. Like the, who did he say did the raking super well? Was it like Sweden or some shit? It was like some Nordic country that he, he was like, we need to start doing things like them. They rake their forests really well. That's why they don't have fires. I was like, yeah, cool. Can we get the democratic socialism as well? <laughs> yeah, that would fucking just, rule. Just the forest raking. Actually, yeah. the only government program we do is just forest rakers. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it's all volunteer. Because <laughs> yeah, we're not actually going to pay anyone for right, that. No. Oh, my they goodness. They might buy the rakes for you. Since you brought up the uh, from the desk of Donald J. Trump, I just thought I'd go take a look anyway. And I I miss him so much. <laughs> Man, his Twitter feed was hilarious. He really was so or, I good. mean, his public, his whatever. From the Trump, from his, the Trump desk. His Tumblr page. Stick yeah. with Kirstie Alley. She is a great actress, loved by so many people, and a true original. <laughs> she is also strong and smart. Many millions of people greatly appreciate her support of our country. Thank you, Kirstie. You are truly appreciated. Oh <laughs> when was the last God. time Kirstie Alley was in anything? I don't know. Like, dude, 
Listen to Veronica's most, closet? Okay, but his two his two tweets or Tumblr bulletins or whatever, MySpace bulletins since then are so good. His his most recent one is C thirty five wayward Republicans. They just can't help themselves. We have much better policy and are much better for the country, but the Democrats stick together. The Republicans don't. Which, I mean arguable they don't have the romneys little ben sasses and cheneys of the world <laughs> unfortunately we do sometimes there are consequences to being ineffective and weak the voters understand that's so funny that he has the perception that democrats stick together when like um it was just a gigantic deal that do you remember when ben mcadams like pooped his pants because aoc said in a different country she'd be in a different party than joe biden <laughs> and like and uh yeah brutal brutal shit um yeah democrats definitely stick together and then his one before that was this is this is just absurd a loan of 1.2 billion dollars has closed on the asset known as the bank of america building 555 california street in san francisco california the The interest rate is approximately what was that the bofa building (laughs) yes the bofa building And then the final line is the interest rate is approximately 2%. Thank you. (laughs) What is that for? Wow. Thanks. Like I said, this is just him just trying to be Q now. Like he's just trying to drive his own base crazy. I know. Dude. And then like after that or before that Christy Alley one, that May 19th one at 12.02 PM is so fucking long. It's like, it's huge. He's been, this is truly unbridled Trump, and that's honestly a great idea. How much wow. Adderall do you think he's on right now? I don't know, but a lot to write that one post because it's honestly like probably like three pages long. You know, oh my God. You know what's so cool about this is that there's on each post, there's three options. You can share the tweet to Facebook or excuse me, the post to Facebook. You can share the post to Twitter or you can just click a heart button and then it just turns red. And that's it. (laughs) This is so weird. This post is really doing numbers. <laughs> can he see what those numbers are? So I like, we can't. Why don't they have a counter on there? Like they're not even storing. Jared's oh probably God. like storming into his office every morning. It's like your post did five hundred hearts, dude. His the new. Tr- oh my God! So I'm in the I'm in the Save America um, Trump store now because that's what it that's what they're at now. So we got instead of Make America Great Again hats, they still sell those the classic MAGA hats they call it. They're now selling the Save America hat in the same font and style as the other one. Um, there's there's Trump straws. There's also shirts. But now the big thing with um, with shirts, flags, and apparently doormats is don't blame this family. We voted for Trump. Don't blame me. I voted for Trump. Blame I, them for what? <laughs> you know, for a group of people who think like Antifa just go from city to city looking for victims, they really want to identify themselves. I know. <laughs> Seriously. They, yeah, they genuinely believe like, who was it? Like the Cache County Sheriff's Department said that they may, that Antifa may be going door to door shooting Trump supporters. And then these fuckers <laughs> are just like, hey, we live here. <laughs> Don't blame me. Oh my god, that's oh so awesome! Yeah, you it. know, we actually brought that up in the last Soros meeting. Yeah, we all. Oh man, honestly, just, I'm just, just I'm just glad that Trump supporters are so environmentally friendly to kind of go to more like 
of tr- straws that are like more than temporary use. I mean, that's that's really good for the environment. So I just want to thank yeah. Trump supporters for for buying those reusable heavy duty plastic straws. That's really interesting that they <laughs> that they make those and that's and she's drinking out of a red solo cup using this straw and the Trump le- like that's not like a great. Oh wait, what's the gift section? What what there's what's the what's the distinction between gifts and then just the other stuff? Apparently there's some extra, there's coffee mugs. Yeah, you can just buy Trumpy Bear. There's oh my god, there's Trump playing cards. This is all just stuff he bought off of like Oriental trading and just been like, yeah, they'll buy this crap. Who cares? I, all of this stuff is is fucking sourced from Alibaba. So congrats to everyone for <laughs> buying all this stuff. Very great. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> back to the drought. Um, I might buy the bull shift T-shirt. I'll be honest. The bull. Wait, what? Bull, like Adam Schiff? Bull Schiff? Yeah, bull Schiff. Oh, my God. Incredible. Amazing. Where, why don't I see the bullshit? It's These on the last of, page. There's so many pages. Oh my god! There's it's just the only. You have to wear that to our first live show. the The funny thing is, oh. like, no one would know who this person is because I don't think it really looks like Adam Schiff. It doesn't look like anybody. Like it looks like. <laughs> oh my god! It looks like a fucking uh, um, Tim Burton character. What the hell is going on here? It really does. Uh, also, they got a bit of a husky model for uh, for this fit. He's wearing this shirt very tightly. He's really he's really uh, looking nice. Wow! Oh, this shirt's made in the USA. That's nice. It, it so, looks like it looks like Roy Cohn on that shirt. I don't know what they're really going does. for. <laughs> What's so fucking weird about that shirt too is that the entire first page is just Trump, 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 Trump. Like every single thing says Trump, and then the final thing is just bullshit. <laughs> It's just B-U-L-L and then hyphen a picture of a pencil necked man. This is so weird. Yeah, I just feel like this is something that a guy would like wear to like a VFW and be like, then explain to all his boys. No, no, it's Adam Schiff. Don't don't worry about it. Get bull Schiff. It's like, who's Adam Schiff again? man? (laughs) Like, who gives a shit about Alan about Alan? Fucking exactly. Schiff. Yeah. Adam Schiff. Why think- do they care us about so much about Adam Schiff? I don't fucking get it. Is it because the, the the Russia shit? Yeah, that was like a 2017 yeah. Russia character. Like people moved oh way God, beyond so that boring. a long time ago. There's so many better characters now. Why? Oh my God, I'm surprised they don't have like AOC shit in here. <laughs> oh, that's probably anyway. coming. Just gonna yeah. say, I think it rules that you know Trump couldn't show up to Roy Cohn's funeral after they were friends for decades and you know Roy Cohen was his lawyer but he can like memorialize him on an Adam Schiff bullshit t-shirt that's right he's living forever truly how you show your love for your friends that's right you don't show up to their funeral you just uh put them on a uh 4.2 ounce premium weight fabric super soft 100% combed ring spun cotton tee made in the USA what's a better eulogy than that that's incredible (laughs) I miss yeah. Trump eulogy so much. <laughs> I know. The one for that. his dead brother was incredible. Oh he was just talking about was, how his brother loved what he was doing. <laughs> he loved what we were doing. <laughs> Honestly, oh they, could all just be, they could all just be summed up with like the RIP, but I'm different. And that's it. <laughs> uh, 
Dude, honestly, I'm, I think Biden has the potential to also be funny, but they're just still hiding him other than when he was fucking driving around that electric Ford F-150. That was incredible. That was, that was awesome. such, such a quintessential Biden moment. When he joked about running over the reporters and they were like, ha, ha, ha. Honestly, probably might. But anyway, so uh, Spencer Cox might ban fireworks. So that's uh, that's on the table. What's going to be funny is, I mean, he probably will end up saying there's going to be a ban on fireworks and there's going to be absolutely no uh, difference in firework usage because people are just going to do fireworks no matter what. A lot of people in the state didn't listen to don't like Spencer Cox and don't listen to him anyway. So if he just says like a milk toast thing, like don't do fireworks. um People are going to do them anyway. So listen, listen, it's a personal responsibility. (laughs) All of us have to get together to be safe. And, you know, I, I I think together we can get through this drought. If we're not going to play restrictions on people, you know, I don't like when government, you know, in, in tries to tell people what to do. So, you know, I think we're just going to try and like have everyone be responsible as someone puts an M80 and sets the entire avenues on fire. I like your library voice. I know that's really nice. That's very calming, but also, and then rely on uh, all the fucking government services, like all the firefighters to put everything out. I mean, what they really should do is just be strict about where you can do them. They're going to happen regardless. So they should just be like, we're going to be really strict about doing it like east of fucking Highland or something and then like west of Bangor or some shit like that and really narrow it down to really say okay you can do them but like do not do them by the 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 foothills I think that's the only thing that would actually make somewhat of a difference but we'll probably see a shit ton of fires and uh, everything's gonna burn down and we're gonna have a good time it's you gonna be the same thing shoot off fireworks yep uh, at the man-made seashore beach in daybreak that's right you can shoot them into the water <laughs> exactly it, it, it's going to be the same thing it always is they're going to put the onus on local municipalities to kind of put the restrictions in place and then some yep. jag off just like lights most of like cash national forest on fire or something because that's mm-hmm. the way it always goes mm-hmm. yep is going to get burned down yeah, the classics. Saratoga Springs is going to have a few. Usually, it's usually uh, the Camp Williams folks shooting up the mountains and setting things aflame. But this time, it's going to be some dude in a Ford F one fifty just wants to light everything on fire. We love it. Just It'd don't burn down my fucking house. I like where I live. You're fine. Yeah. You're not in South Jordan. That's right. Yeah, but I'm in the abs, and we got Double an entire foothills yeah. that's just torched. That's just going to be a giant tinderbox. Yeah, do you remember when it burned last year? Uh, I guess it was was it was more Capitol Hill that did, but it was just yeah, that was that was nuts. Well, there was a big fire in Dry Creek Canyon. Oh, too, that's right, there was, which is uh-huh. very close. Yeah, yeah, that's not yeah, great. Don't burn down Greg's house, please. Not preferable. You can you can build the ivory homes in Greg's neighborhood, but please don't. Yes. please do not. Please, burn, I'm burn fine with Greg's that. House. I don't give a shit. Just don't burn it down. <clears throat> And okay. if you do, leave a note. That's right. Be, be respectful. Uh, and no, just a note that says sorry. You don't need to put any personal identifi- identifying information on there. Um, yeah, okay, sorry, so this frowny week, face. That's it. <laughs> didn't mean to. Okay, My bad. so this week has been really fun here in Utah with local government because 
Dun, 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 dun. On Tuesday afternoon, GOP leadership in both in both houses used what Jordan describes as a Byzantine maneuver in the Utah Constitution that allowed them to call an extraordinary session because they are not in session right now. Reminder that they have the shortest legislative session out of any state in the country. And um, so they're not in session, but they called this extraordinary session. And what was this session for? Jordan, you should tell us what this session was for. Uh, two non-binding resolutions involving critical race theory and making Utah a sanctuary state for Second Amendment. <laughs> uh, Hell yes. Oh, oh my God. Oh, dear. Okay. So the, the smartest state in the union, folks. We're doing we're doing great work. Um we're doing very, very good work. I uh, speaking of intelligence, by the way, we just barely got bumped up to fiftieth in federal funding and uh, funding for education, beating out Idaho for by just a little bit. Who is now fifty first? Let's go! I mean, that's progress, folks. <laughs> we're we're climbing the ladder. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, it really wasn't. Forward, and that's all that matters. We now yeah, have better so, education than Idaho. And this is coming on the heels of a report saying that Utah was essentially considering banning topics that are covered in critical race theory, which is just talking about racism. So critical race theory is not part of the curriculum in any state, probably, but certainly not in Utah. And this is a, where my wife, the very educated uh, teacher would like to remind everyone that critical race theory is not curriculum at all. (laughs) It is a lens to view history and that's literally it. But I'm actually really excited because I just bought a new gun and now I'm going to take it and I'm just going to shoot copies of black like me. Yeah. Okay. That's, I, what the fuck is a Second Amendment sec- sanctuary state? What does that mean? Um, it essentially is saying that Utah is going to try and bypass uh, federal law because if they say like gun parts are made strictly in Utah, then they don't have to really enforce federal law because it doesn't cross state lines. And it's oh really God. stupid. Because, just, yeah. yeah. The gall to call it a sanctuary state, too, is just they're just trying to do like a fuck you thing to the Sing. quote sanctuary states that they're so obsessed with that, like harbor illegal immigrants or whatever. It's so fucking annoying. I, I, I mean, the only shit. sort of ideology that conservatives have anymore is just owning the libs. That That's it. That's 100%. their whole ideology. It's, yeah. and it's been that way since it's been that way since like 2015, since Trump came down the fucking escalator and it announced he was going to be president. It's never been about policy or anything else. It's just like, we like this guy because he makes the people we don't like mad. Yep. That is the ideology on there. When they voted on their whole like platform (laughs) at the RNC, the not this most recent time, but the time before it was just supporting whatever Trump wants. Yep. It's just... Okay, I have to read this to you because this is from the Deseret News article on the sanctuary yeah. uh, state thing. There has been significant public outcry. Senate Majority Leader Evan Vickers, Republican Cedar City, said in a media availability earlier Wednesday afternoon before the votes, this legislature is concerned as well. 
But when asked by a recorder which federal policies Utah lawmakers are concerned about, Vickers said, right now, admittedly, there are none. Oh, my God. Awesome. We don't have any evidence, but we're going to do this anyway. Oh, my God. Like you, like Democrats aren't going to move on gun control at all. I mean, as long as Joe Manchin is your 51st vote on anything, not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And, but yeah, all the same time too, like they know that Republicans, especially in like state legislatures in like Idaho and Utah have to saber rattle because we can't be like, yeah, no one's going to get anything done. We're just stuck in like a detente. But at the same point too, um, they're going to come for your guns. So, you know, like, um, you know, vote for us and stuff, maybe yep. contribute. <sighs> My God. Like, who's, who's coming for your guns? Honestly, literally no one. You live in Cedar City, like the oh. whitest place in the world where every single person is Republican and owns a gun. No one's coming from your gun, you silly little afraid bastard. I mean, they, they, it's the same people who think that Joe Biden is going to force them to only eat like one burger a week instead of like the 10 they normally eat or something. It's, it's just, I mean, it's the same people who think that like critical race theory is just going to give like LeBron James prima noctum over your wife. So (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, that's seriously how they talk about it. So um, a few weeks ago, like there was some discussion, like some people were genuinely confused about like, um, about the uproar over critical race theory. Like I saw like journalists, like, Owen Higgins was talking about it, like how it's going to be remembered as like the way, like how welfare queen was used, like these type of dog whistles and all that stuff. That's really just, I mean, it's just talk. It's just how to be racist without being like impolite. Um, and around that same time, uh, I think like in our Slack group, we were talking about this post from Utah parents United on Facebook and they, had well, there were a couple things, <clears throat> but they had a rally at the Davis. Well they, they, well, they had a rally, but they also were getting people to go to the Davis County School Board meeting to discuss the following issues. Well, this is this is the this is the title of the of the poster. Stop the insanity. If you are sick and tired of what your kids are being put through, do your part and show up. Don't think things will change if you don't get involved. We need hundreds of parents and in, in red letters, masks, vaccines, critical race theory. These are an issue now and will be part of the our, of next school year if you don't put a stop to it now. We have all the power, but only if we show them who they work for. Shout this from the rooftop, streets, online, everywhere. And then they also had a post that said, parents across the, of the state of Utah are concerned about critical race theory, parentheses, CRT, being taught in their schools, which again, isn't a thing. It's, oh my god it's not curriculum yeah it's it's not it's anyway jordan school district parents are no strangers to crt and spoke (laughs) up about their concerns on the april 27th board meeting controversial topics like critical race theory are not allowed to be taught under utah state code upu believes that crt is divisive not inclusive we recognize there are injustices in the world that need to be addressed however we believe crt is not the answer there are other curricula that address racism and foster unity and inclusion that we propose instead such such as i'm i'm fucking all ears here none are listed um but whatever (laughs) this whatever crt is 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 the wrong thing but oh my goodness 
They're yeah. really mad about the 1619 project too, which is oh, a yep. pretty benign like piece of academia and news writing anyway. But they're circling little parts. I'm I'm on the Utah Parents United page right now too. It's just a wonderful thing. There are certain parts they have circled inside there too. If you'd like to take a look at the 1619 project yourself, you can follow this link. And then like the first one they have circled is like um Nazi Germany got inspiration for for the Nuremberg laws through like through like American segregation, which is true. Also the same thing. Like they, they got inspiration for concentration camps from the native American reservation system, along with like the Boer Boer concentration camps in South Africa too. Like that's not controversial. That's just history. You're just mad because America's kind of always sucked. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so wild about this. It's like these things happened. Like, irrefutably happens and like you can't just pick and choose what racism is and what racism happens like racism is not a fucking baskin robbins no these are people who learned history from like john mcnaughton paintings yeah yep which he's been in great form lately he just released a new one of uh the of Trump and Melania and a gigantic like monster truck. It's, it's really cool. I've been on his website, so I need to go check it out. Yeah. Um, my friend Matt sent it to me. It was, a, he, he said he gets, he's on the email list. So he gets all like the newest, uh, newest works. Um, Oh yeah. So it's the, the title is keep on trumping. It's a new McNaughton painting. It's yeah. Just a comical it's running over a snake when I, I don't really understand why um, the trunk, the, the truck itself is a, an American flag, like it has an American flag paint job. There's two American flags in the back of this truck and Trump's doing the thumbs up out the window, which is great. <laughs> he rules. Um, he rules so is, much. This is the greatest thing ever because it's Donald Trump driving this monstrosity through a desolate desert, which is essentially <laughs> just going to be like the United States in like 10 years anyway, if we keep going the way we are. Yeah. And, wow. This is a perfect yeah. metaphor, but it's not so in the cool. way he just not in the way he probably meant because he's a terrible artist. Okay. But the email itself contained uh, something really great. It's, it says you, you might be a Trump supporter if, so he's doing his little uh, Jeff Foxworthy impression. One, you think attaching U.S. flags to a jacked-up four-wheeler is patriotic. Two, you get banned from Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook because you stated that the election was rigged and total BS. Three, you shake your head every time Biden steps in it. Four, you hang McNaughton paintings in your house. Five, you notice conservative women are much more beautiful. Six, you know it's more important to speak the truth than risk offending someone. Liberals believe Trump supporters are a bunch of rednecks. Maybe they're right. If that's what's good. <laughs> so, um, cool. Yeah. Cool stuff from John. He, he's in true. He's in, he's in great form. I love it. Uh, <laughs> he's so cool. <laughs> I'm so I'm definitely going to get the keep on Trump in 16 by 20 litho. I don't know about you guys, but it's pretty good. I'm looking at oh, it right man. now. Oh man. It's so good. <laughs> I, it's, it just cracks me up. Okay. So Holy <laughs> shit. Dude. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm wondering, is that supposed to be like the don't tread on me snake that he's, Dude, that's what I was confused about. It seems weird that it's running over a snake. Like I thought, I don't know. I, I don't really get it. I don't get the symbolism there, but I mean, 
John's he's doing his best. Okay, he's so anyway, a, he's a special special man. So back to the CRT. I'm I'm honestly surprised John didn't mention critical race theory. He probably has in one of his emails. Um so the reason this is getting brought up is just because people are getting so riled up about it and they're just like just sending off a shit ton of emails to their local representatives. They're just I mean this stuff is just getting going right out the spigot the same way all of these things do all of these bullshit culture war hysteria topics just through fox news through facebook groups through the same it's the same bullshit every single time but um this is uh some comments from from our local officials quote there is a growing effort around this issue the state office is starting to roll this out said House Speaker Brad Wilson from Kaysville. When an issue like this rises to the level of concern that our constituents feel needs to be addressed, that's what we do here. Which, of course, this is, they could also just tell them that this is a bullshit uh, thing to freak out about because it's not a thing, but that's fine. Quote, I have no idea what it is, said Senator Lincoln Fillmore from South Jordan, who sponsored the Senate version of the resolution. (laughs) I looked up two dozen definitions and they were all different. I'm just so, happy we live in a brave new world where all legislation is just based off of chain emails you receive. <laughs> oh my God. We've revert. We've seriously put chain email fucking people. Just that's just what's, what's being brought up on the Senate floor. Now that's, that's all the fucking trans bill was too. Like it wasn't based on any actual concern for anything other than that. They're just losing their shit about these same topics that they have on their goddamn chain emails. It's, 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 it's so gross, but him saying, I have no idea what it is. And he's the sponsor of the Senate version of the bill is just, Excuse me, the resolution. I just hope the legislature can get down to business and make sure that we take proper action against razor blades and apples during Halloween. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) fucking yeah, LSD tabs in like Starburst or whatever. Jesus, please check. Yeah, please check your child's candy. Yeah, when because people. Oh my god, I remember being. I mean, we all heard this growing up. I remember. Like being told that they're like people were putting like marijuana edibles in people's candy bags. And I was like, there's no way anyone would ever do that. That shit is expensive. Yeah, so no um, one is wasting their edibles on your kid, dumbass. On your kids, dude. And they're not, yeah, to get them addicted to weed. Um, it, it does, not yeah. habit forming. <laughs> it does rule, though, <laughs> that like we truly have an entire legislature uh, filled with Facebook uncles and Facebook aunts. Yep. Yep. That's 100%. that's where we're at. Yeah, it's awesome. It gets it's um it's it gets even better though. So the resolution sponsor, Representative Steve Christiansen, said the United States is not perfect, but has quote made great progress toward its ideal of treating all men and women as equals, pointing to the Civil War and the end of slavery and to the civil rights movement. <laughs> and while his resolution has stirred controversy, he argued everyone should be able to get behind the statement. Quote, I think we can agree that those kinds of things should not be taught in our educational institutions in this great state, Christiansen from West Jordan said. Yeah, we passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments and then decided to rest in our laurels for another 150 years afterwards. Yep. <laughs> yep, 100%. Everything Killer. just got just, I mean, racism is, well, okay, I, I have more things to say, but we got to we gotta hear what our favorite uh, Todd Weiler has to say about this. So, uh, Robert Gerke posted like a thread of tweets um, quoting um, Todd and uh, Weiler 
quote, I kind of hate where we are as a society right now. When I was born, a black person couldn't buy property in Provo. That's racism. Since then, racism has changed. If you use a word wrong, you're racist. We have implicit bias. I'm learning about systemic racism. Implicit bias and systemic racism are not the same thing. And um, him saying since then, racism has changed. He's right. Like black people can still buy or can now buy property in Provo. So him saying since then, racism has changed. That's a true statement. But his next thing is now racism is just if you use a word wrong you're racist that's like all these people's belief about what racism is is just a caricature of like an annoying liberal that they saw online and now think that like that's that's what racism is and that everyone's concern about current the current status of racism is about saying stupid shit like that's not at all what we're talking about here this feels like a Joe Biden quote where he just gets it all wrong. It, it really does. Like, oh, well, it gets fucking way worse. So listen, fat. Um, yep. Well, Todd Weiler quote, listen, fat, you have those things. And on the other hand, you have the 1619 project and CRT being used against conservatives. <laughs> used against. Okay. This, like oh you're kind of telling on yourself, like if something like bringing up racism like goes against conservatism isn't that kind of giving the game away well he, he, he even says i'm told on social media if i'm a republican i'm racist i reject that racism being used as a political weapon quote i think it is disgusting weiler i was raised with a whitewashed version of history didn't learn about asian contributions what it is he talking about like the railroad or what is he talking about there I uh, who knows? I mean, Todd okay. Weiler well, is it, like it's, it's kind of a yeah. He this dude's a complete idiot. He's literally like stupid. He's the dumbest motherfucker. If you want to see some great tweets, certainly don't look up anything that Todd Weiler's said about Trayvon Martin in the past, especially on Twitter. Yeah. Just like any high-profile case around a young black man being shot and killed by police, he's had some. Really good questions that he's just mm, just really eager to get the answer for. At law school, second year, I hadn't heard of Jim Crow. Uh, now we're told Georgia's election law is Jim is Jim Crow, and it isn't. I hope we can address race without being it without it being a weapon. My favorite thing is when they bring up the Georgia election laws as if that isn't some sort of form of racism, as if like the moment the Supreme Court like gutted the voting rights act with uh shelby county v holder that like every southern state possible decided to like try and like flood the gates with every sort of like voting limiting limiting law they yep. ever had shutting down as many precincts as possible in majority black areas over the dumbest shit possible like putting, yeah putting in voting id laws and also yep. shutting down as many dmvs in black areas as humanly possible like texas alabama and georgia did yeah, yeah. do you remember seeing how many like pictures of or like stories were heard of of people in like majority black precincts like standing in line for eight nine ten hours to vote or whatever and then a chunk of people chorusing about how this was actually good to see the people so willing to participate in democracy or whatever and i was like no this means you're a failed democracy how big of a problem this is <laughs> like, yeah they were trying yeah. to put in things like having harris county which is the largest county in texas is also houston which is a has a very large black population have the same amount of dmvs as like plano county on the other side of the state that's like a tenth of the size yep 
But no, you're right. It's uh, actually, we're just freaking out because and calling these laws like the new Jim Crow because, you know, we're just playing politics. It's almost like things that are racist, as, like to quote Todd, that racism has changed. It's almost like there's more effective strategic ways to disenfranchise black, brown voters um, than being explicitly racist like it was before. Just saying like, oh, you have to be a landowner. Black people can't own land. So they actually have to get a bit trickier than they were before. And like Todd said, racism has changed. It's no longer as explicit as it was. And now it's much easier or it's, it's harder to disenfranchise people. But through more clever mechanisms, it's still happening. And it has changed, Todd. Go fucking figure. Yeah, it's 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 like that uh, Lee Atwater quote where he uh, he says a lot of n words <laughs> in it too, but where he said he talks about how it changes. Who like in 1968 you can say n word, n word, n word, but by 1972 you can't say them more because it's seen as racist. So you start saying things like states' rights and busing and things mm-hmm. like that. No, it just changes the paradigm shift changes a little bit and then you look for what areas you can be racist in like for example ronald reagan couldn't say the n-word but he sure said cadillac welfare queen just to make sure it yep. got the it got mm-hmm. the it got the same exact sort of pavlovian like sense that allows all the chuds to just drool all over it it's the same thing as it always is i mean it's the same thing with say critical race theory it's the same thing when you talk about like repeat offenders. It's the same thing. Like you try and draw a picture in someone's brain. So they know exactly the type of caricature you're trying to draw for them. And then they act in response to that, which is still racism. Right. Yeah. And yep. like, just to the point too, of, of Todd talking about how racism it's, or things aren't as racist as they were back in the day, which like, okay, sure. Yeah. We've made some progress, but like going from a D plus to a D minus still isn't good. Like you're yeah. still like you have made some progress. Sure. You've gone from like a 61% to like a 68%, but that's yeah. still, that's still not great. Oh, did you guys see that? That like, I think it was a local Texas representative who was, he's like sponsoring a voting bill that they're trying to pass or whatever. And he literally used the words purity of the ballot box, which was oh, a direct quote oh, from Jim God. Crow policies. Like he didn't fucking know. He, he genuinely, he, he was like, he got called out for it on the spot when presenting like whatever he was saying about the bill. And they're like, Dude, that's literally from did you like that was literally written into Jim Crow laws, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Like, it, this should just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, they yeah. also try and use like identity politics against you too. I mean, Burgess mm-hmm. Owens' whole thing during this, during like the whole like oh, Georgia yeah. voting law thing, is like, "Oh, you think that black people aren't smart enough to get a vote to get an ID to vote?" It's like, no, yep. that's not the point at all. The point is that they make it as hard as possible to actually like access those things to begin with like to where it's not worth it that's the same thing with like medicaid like work requirements they realize the more obstacles you put in place to actually gain those services the less likely people are going to actually like there's there's going to be a sunk cost fallacy at a certain point you just give up yep Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, this country is built on making things hard. I mean, your wife, like we were talking about healthcare on Twitter the other day and she was like, this country loves eugenics and I will never be convinced otherwise. And it's just, yeah, that's like, this is all built up to just kill 
<laughs> just kill poor people. Um, yeah. And this country has made a good job to make sure that as many black and brown people fall into that category as possible. So, um, yeah, so that's that's great. So, I mean, just looking at Salt Lake City being redlined as a great example. Um, and I mean, the racial disparity of of police violence here is is just incredibly stark uh, yeah, as we, well. But I mean, redlining yeah. is a great example of how like racism never went away because the yep. same communities that were redlined during the New Deal are still the same communities that are overly police, usually contain the more poor areas of a community and are usually highly, highly uh, centralized with marginalized communities. And that was yeah. 90 years ago. Like, yep. So. What did our fearless leader, Spencer Cox, have to say all about this? He 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 sent out an email saying that he wasn't going to like I think he initially said he wasn't going to support making them like actual bills. I don't I don't know what his, his shit was in the beginning, but yeah, he essentially um, said that they weren't he wasn't going to push them as like actual bills to be passed. So that's why they became resolutions. Gotcha. So they and did in, this in. Yeah. yeah in that did, statement, he explicitly was saying, like, I do support the the ban of critical race theory in public school or whatever uh no he did yeah. this whole thing where he just does that little fun dance where he says like well i understand where they're coming from and we need to do yeah, something about it same thing with the trans but bill now is not the right time we have to discuss this more and i just don't think we've had enough discussion about it yep. as opposed to like actually taking a stand on something and actually having a like a real Honestly, I would prefer it if he actually just like finally did just take a stand on something, but he doesn't. He just tried to do nope. a little dance. If he just fucking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he, he ha tries to have as many ways as he possibly can. So Ben Winslow asked him about him, about these resolutions passed. And Cox said um, he said he says it appears in the resolutions. They did what he asked, giving the Utah Board of Education opportunity to look at curriculum and say they want to work on it. Again, this isn't curriculum that it exists. Governor Cox says there's different definitions of critical race theory and there's no evidence it's taught in schools right now. Of course, there's not. We know there is pressure in some circles around this, he says. But he also do, but he also says don't avoid hard conversations around history, which is literally exactly what. Critical race theory is, like your wife said, and as she knows, because she's a teacher, it is simply a fucking lens on how to look at how racism has, and again, systemic racism specifically has influenced modern reality. And conservatives are so worked up about their white, they think their white kids are just going to be like put on a goddamn dunce cap and sit in the corner and be called racist until they feel bad enough about themselves to where they like personally apologize to every like brown or black kid in the room. That's like what they think this is. And really, if anything, this absolves individuals more than more than like how we genuinely generally think about racism, because so much of like the talk around racism is is talking about implicit bias or like like HR type racism training and critical race theory is genuinely a lens in which absolves a lot of just normal, regular people existing and looks at racism and how it's influenced the systems and the structures within this country. So. It's so embarrassing for Spencer Cox to say, like, we don't avoid hard conversations around history when, like, uh, we we have certainly do. As when you have Todd Weiler saying we shouldn't have CRT in schools in the same breath as saying he didn't know what Jim Crow was until his second year of law school. It's like, 
yeah, that's a failure of the education system. That's why it should be different. And it's not still. So like, I would, <laughs> and we're still not doing this. I really wish we like, since Cox became governor, I think I've seen like three or four different articles about him talking about like how we're more accepting of immigrants here because of like the discrimination that Mormons face in Missouri and being forced out of the state. I have never heard a conversation about what happened after they got here though. Yep. Which is, which is those hard conversations, which no one really wants to have. No one really wants to talk about how Utah County was pretty much colonized by the complete decimation of the Timpanogos people. Like completely. No one wants to talk. Yeah. No one wants to talk about how slavery happened in here. Even, even that Desnat guy was like, actually it was a really small thing as they were like, he had a census data was showed slaves in Utah, which still just blows my mind. Still have (laughs) slaves, dumbass. It's like, wow, we weren't at the same level of Georgia. I guess we deserve a cookie. Um, Yep. We had, we had interracial marriage banned in the state until 1963. I mean, I'm fairly certain all of our parents were alive for that. So, yep. Mm -hmm. And like we had, we had things just like, like racism never went away. Like we were the last state to approve Martin Luther King day. I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about that one for a for but a they'll whole sure lot. love to bring up that quote from Martin Luther King, in which they did many times in this yeah. goddamn Senate like, President uh, John Stewart or J. Stewart Adams said yep. put that in a tweet too. It's like we like to judge people by their character and say their skin colors. Like, no, that wasn't the quote, first of all. They said one day I would like that. Martin Luther King didn't quite get to see that day, if, if you know history. <laughs> I Jesus Christ. Anytime that's such a dog whistle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is such a dog whistle. Anytime that anytime anyone says that, it's just honestly, I'm I'm at the point where any of if anyone uses that quote, (laughs) they might as well just be wearing a sheet at that point because that's yeah. 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 It's also rich hearing uh, Spencer Cox talk about being Mr. Hard conversations when I still am (laughs) waiting for a fucking statement on the Derek Chauvin trial. Yeah, and yep, he's, he's real uh, good at picking and choosing which tough conversations he wants to have. Yes, he's very anti-racist, uh, except only when it's really, really, really easy. Unless, yeah, he's yeah when it's convenient. Yep, and speaking of that convenience and that, uh, I mean, the statements that he makes, um, he also said, "What I will say." is that we would all be better off if people would stop watching cable news, he said, joking that he's, quote, eight years sober. He said he's made this same comment so many times over the last couple of years. I've, I keep seeing this. I literally um, saw him on CNN last week. Yep. He has been on cable news so many times also in the last couple of years uh, and is absolutely loving that attention. He's been on like six or seven times since he became governor, which is. Yeah. And he was he was uh, he was also like a bunch. He was on a bunch during the like the first few months of the pandemic because he wasn't explicitly saying it was fake. So like they're like, oh, let's get this Republican out here who is says it's good. And I mean. And he says he does it to like make cable news better or whatever. Um, but he really goes on there to talk about, you know, like I think the CNN one was that like Biden was doing too much or some shit like yeah. that. It's just it's just comical. And let's, um, I mean, let's call yeah. it what it is, too. Like 
Spencer Cox, the reason he even was like became a legitimate candidate in the first place is because of the rounds of cable news he went on after his like Pulse nightclub tearjerker speech. Like he would not be a fucking candidate if it wasn't for cable news. Oh. Yeah, and he's gonna yeah, and he's gonna ride this uh, for a long time, and he's gonna be a senator next, and then he's gonna run for president, <laughs> and he's gonna get um, shake hand for. The thing is, like, I'm starting to come around to. I don't think he's gonna go anywhere because I think, like, in four years, like Republicans are gonna be so sick of him, they'll vote for like Phil Lyman over him. I, I, that oh, we're getting, we're getting a Q governor for sure. Yeah, I mean, judging by <laughs> how like that the local or the Utah Republican Party convention went or whatever. Um, yeah, things aren't looking good for the future. I mean, he might be a, a Democratic senator in 15 years. So. Oh, God. I would like to announce that I am running for governor of Utah. I am going to unseat Spencer J. Cax. Cax. Dude. We're just going to have every like QAnon celebrity move to Utah just to follow like the Mitt Romney playbook. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're going to have a new town called Owensville. It's fertile ground, man. Okay. So, um, the, our local representatives also did something very cool and awesome over the last couple of weeks. So I don't think anyone is, uh, a stranger to what's been taking place in Gaza and the incessant onslaught of violence that Israel inflict is inflicting upon Palestinians. And we don't really need to get into, I mean, it's, it's for any, okay. Don't listen to anyone who says it's complicated because it's not. Nope. It's uh, Israel. I mean, he, both Human Rights Watch and that um, there's another group as well. But Human Rights Watch, which is a generally a pretty centrist organization, officially has stated that Israel is guilty of crimes of apartheid and crimes against humanity as well, um, which is something that they have avoid saying for a really long time. And just within the last few weeks, I think it was a it might have been a month ago they put out that statement. And then, of course, we saw a ton of, you know, forced evictions of Palestinians. We saw protests and then we saw Israelis uh, tear gassing and attacking a bunch of Palestinians inside one of the holiest mosques. And um, and then we've just seen uh, a lot of violence since then, in which I think we're probably on at least 50 Palestinian children who have been killed by Israeli airstrikes and everything else. Um, one third of all victims are children. Yep. Uh, we're probably at 150 total civilians at this point. Um, countless. And that's not to mention the destruction of homes, um, not just like property that's been taking place because, I mean, we've seen videos of Israeli civilians and also Israeli officers and soldiers destroying Palestinian shops, stores, you know, ice. There was like the ice cream shop video that was incredibly hard to watch. Um, and uh, they're just straight up doing crystal knot every single day. Um, but then, you know, like there's there's this constant theme of quote like of, of, of the quote, Israel has a right to defend itself. And you hear this from literally Everyone in mainstream politics, we hear this from Joe Biden, we hear this from the Republicans, we hear this from anyone that really is in politics aside from probably maybe 10 Democratic representatives and maybe Bernie Sanders and that might be it. 
I think, maybe fewer than 10. I mean, you literally have uh, Rashida Tlaib, who is Palestinian. Her grandparents are in Palestine. Um, her parents are both Palestinian. They moved to Michigan at some point, and she's obviously representative from, from Michigan. You have her confronting Joe Biden when he's you know, showing up. I mean, Joe Biden, of course, you know, approved more money to go to Israel, approved a multi-million, hundred million dollar arms sale. So, uh, for, for Israel and then refused to, um, refused to back a, a ceasefire. And he's out there doing, you know, PR for a Ford F-150 electric truck or whatever. And, you know, you have Rashida Tlaib, essentially just confronting him on the tarmac of this airport where he's driving this because that's the only time she can really talk to him face to face. And oh man, like, I, I just came here to drive. Yeah. She doesn't want to be bothered with that shit. I mean, he's literally approving, uh, weapon sales and sending more money to them that could very well directly result in the death of her family members. But, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he cares deeply. Yeah, go back through some of the things that he said in the past about Israel, too, about how, like, the $3 billion we give to Israel every single year is the best investment that America could possibly ever make with that money. Yep. Or like he, he literally or, said that, like, if Israel didn't exist, America would have to make it an Israel. If we look at the Middle East, I think it's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel in this body for apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made, none. It is the best $3 billion investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. The United States would have to go out and invent an Israel. There's a whole speech yep. about it like back in the, like, the late 80s, early 90s. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, doing a great job of making that case that Israel is a settler colonial outpost. But yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the, it was Human Rights Watch, and the other one is uh, Beth Selim, and it's the Israeli Information Center for Human Rights of the Occupied Territories. And they released a report in January of this year saying a regime of Jewish supremacy, Jewish supremacy from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. This is apartheid. And it, a lot of it is mirrored in the Human Rights Watch report as well, but it's essentially a very detailed publication report of all the things that is that Israel has done to the Palestinians to essentially and realistically and um you know put palestinians in an open air prison in gaza with all the settlements these people are living under military occupation 100 of the time um and so we got a local or a statement from our yeah i mean i was about sure. to say like if you really want to go in depth on that too chapel just dropped a great episode with felix talk oh, Muhammad Al-Safin of aj it's a great episode it just really just talks about everything it, it's not worth getting into the politics on it too because like i said don't listen to anyone who says it's complicated don't do that and, just because and don't listen to anyone who say that you have to have some like some fucking in-depth like degree or some shit to understand what's going on over there like use your goddamn eyes and it it's in your brain and it's not that hard to see like the crimes that are being committed that's the that's the most annoying thing is to like gatekeep like your understanding of like watching horrific violence take place like it's not yeah it, it's it's really horrific to to yeah. for people to act like you have to be some goddamn genius to, to understand when like it, it, it was it was a no-brainer 
for a lot of people when South Africa was an apartheid state, it's a no brainer now. And like, that's why there are many people um, who were involved in the battle of, of ending apartheid in South Africa who are like still saying, yeah, this is apartheid. You had Nelson Mandela at the time saying we aren't free until Palestinians are free. Like this isn't, this is not complicated. It's an apartheid state. Like it's, it's not it. Yeah. And these rockets that Hamas is firing is, could not be more low tech. And almost all of them are just completely nulled out by the iron dome in Israel anyway. So yeah, for some reason um, there, there's some sort of equal like thread between yeah. stuff that you could probably make at home Depot and exactly. a thousand pound JDAM dropped from an F 16. Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't have to you don't have to think that everything Hamas does is politically expedient or moral or anything like that. But I mean, this quite literally is a battle for liberation. And if they weren't living under the threat of or under apartheid and under military occupation, there sure wouldn't be a Hamas. So I ask, anyway, I ask a question a lot with people when they talk about Israel and protecting Israel and saying Hamas is bad. And I just go back to the analogy that like. Were, there, were you the ones, were you cheering for the Imperial Army in Star Wars or were you cool with the rebels? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. Was it, was it an equal relationship here? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and did they have to, yeah, that's exactly right. I it's mean, also it's, fucking wild to me that we live in like this era of culture war and complete bipartisanship. And the one thing that Democrats and Republicans can agree on is somehow it's okay for Israel to be an apartheid state and a complete imperial nation. Yep. It's more than just that too. The, the, the torture they kind of do to people is just, it's an, it's, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw something today from Sana Sayed from uh, AJ plus who shared like a, a academic article from frontiers and psychiatry, which pretty much said that kids in Palestine, um, 55% of them have PTSD from just, Jesus. from just, from just, witnessing war atrocities yeah for just living yeah I mean, Jesus Christ, man. something like 88 percent of them have seen like personal trauma something like 83 percent of them have seen like 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 bomb explosions like they call it war trauma that they've yeah. experienced you want the rate yeah. for like american soldiers to have ptsd is it's 12 percent. i mean like so military personnel are facing like PTSD at a fourth of the rate of Palestinian children are lovely. Yeah. I, I highly, yeah, I highly recommend like at this time, um, I like been going back through like old no- Noam Chomsky stuff. Like he actually recently had a debate on the Solha YouTube channel with uh, Rudy Roshman. Um, but Noam Chomsky's always been good on this. Norm Finkelstein is like has always been super good on this and like says how things are. There's a clip of him that's been going around quite a bit. I mean, and he has been completely blackballed from. He's been literally canceled from everything forever, essentially, because of he's always spoken out about this type of thing. And then um, I highly recommend there's that video that's been going around and got and has gone weirdly viral um, posthumously of Michael Brooks talking about this as well. So it's highly so recommend good. just like Googling Michael Brooks Israel or Michael Brooks Palestine and and is supported. So or is- so it's not a complex issue. That's the big thing. It's super simple. There's one group that has enormous power. It's the most powerful country in the Middle East. It's backed by the United States. 
it acts on another population of people with total impunity and is never held accountable for anything. So there's no symmetry in the relationship, period. And just as like a thought experiment, IDW people, if we know that if somehow a population of Jewish refugees ended up in West Bank in Gaza and an Arabic government in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv had an open air prison in, in what, you know, Jewish Gaza, which they bombed with white phosphorus, they killed civilians indiscriminately and they had no uh, provisions for medicine, they had an embargo that blocked food, that the electricity wasn't running, that there was an over 48% unemployment rate, life expectancy and malnutrition statistics were horrifying. The, uh, one of the major uh, policy makers in this hypothetical Arabic Palestinian state said, we need to put those Jews on a diet. In the West Bank, there was another Jewish area where there was a little bit more autonomy, but there was regular Arabic settlements where they pulled up the Jewish farmers' foods, they terrorized them with rocks, the security forces broke children's bones, and they couldn't drive their own roads. We'd all have no problem understanding what that was. So there's nothing complex about it. The second part of your question, it's, it's a pure asymmetry relationship. And the question is rights or not. So that's it. It's not complicated. Um, he's been, I mean, before his death, had a lot of really, uh, really insightful things to say about it, but also speaks in a very clear way and makes the situation very clear and has a, I think the video is titled, It's Not Complicated. And like you had like very famous like celebrities sharing that video because I mean, it's just very universally understood and very clear and yeah anyway so Once again R.I.P. to a real one yep that 100 that was a good cry watching that video yep yeah it was great he's he was just the best um so our local representatives from uh i think so this was a, a quote for, or this is in a statement from governor spencer cox senate president Stuart adams and house speaker brad wilson Quote, we condemn the senseless bloodshed perpetrated by Hamas. I, I, it like, I can't not laugh at this Fuck shit. This you. is just so embarrassing. Shit, Israel Trevor. has every right to defend its land and citizens. We stand firmly behind Israel and we pray for peace to return to the region very soon. Um, I also recently came across a video of uh, Kwame Ture, Stokely, Stokely Carmichael, um, who is often most recently compared as kind of like the antithesis to Martin Luther King. Like, uh, I mean, he wasn't obviously, but like Bill, uh, when Bill Clinton was speaking at fucking uh, John Lewis's funeral, Bill Clinton said some dumb shit like Martin Luther King Jr. was doing things the right way. Like, and John Lewis was doing things the right way, but people like Stokely or Kwame Ture was, was doing things the wrong way um, in how they approached black liberation. But there's this video of Kwame Ture saying, I actually, we should just put it in, in here and I'll send you the link, Jordan. But he, he talks about how peace is a white man's word. And just because something is peaceful doesn't mean that people are free. Like there was peace when there was slavery. Some s slaves weren't always in uprising and peace can exist without there being justice and liberation. So liberation is the goal. Peace is not the goal. Peace can come post liberation, but Peace does not mean that, 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 that there's been justice. And so... There's a difference between peace and liberation, is there not? You can have injustice and have peace. Isn't that correct? You yeah. can have peace and be enslaved. Yes. So peace isn't the answer. No. Liberation isn't the answer. Yes, of course. Okay, then that's what you should talk about, never peace. That's the white man's word, peace. 
Liberation is now a word. But you will want peace in the end. Yes, but you can't have peace until everybody is equal. But you seem free at the moment. <laughs> I seem peaceful at the moment. <laughs> you seem free. I seem peaceful. Am I free? I think not. <laughs> like, to just... It's so abhorrent. Like that. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. We, of course, we have the president of the country is taking this exact same position as as our local leader. So I'm not surprised. But it's like it's it's incredibly feels extremely gaslighty to like read these type of statements when we're all just watching what's going on and we know what's going on. It's not hard to find out what's going on and. To say that, like, do is left out of all of this is do the Palestinians have the right to defend themselves? Do they have a right to defend themselves against force of illegal evictions? Do they have a right to defend themselves against illegal settlements? Do they have a right to defend themselves against illegal military occupation? I guess not. It's only the Israelis that do. And then the other fucking thing is that they say that Israel, you know, has a right to exist and not like apparently the people that exist in this area from the river to the sea. <laughs> yeah, because every state has a right to exist because yep. because apartheid South Africa had its right to exist. Nazi Germany yep. had a right to exist. Um, yep. Every country that's risen and fallen has had a right to exist, apparently. No. It's 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 such an interesting shell game. And of course, they make this statement, too, because, first of all, like the only real like constituency that's really left for Israeli support at this point, because it's waning every single day, is essentially like Christian Zionists. Like, that's it, especially especially mm-hmm. Mormons fall in that group, too, because yeah. their uh, end of the world scenario has to involve Israel, just like every other insane, like evangelical group out there. So it's no real surprise that they're going to have this take as well. Yeah. Yep. And if you're listening to this, I want you to just imagine for a second that you walk into your apartment after like a long, hard day at work and there's some disgusting piece of shit there just sitting on your couch, spread eagle. And that man looks at you and says, this is mine now. Would you put up a All fight? The cops. Would you, would you do something? Would you would you try to forcibly make that man leave your apartment? I think that you would, and therefore you understand what's going on. There's a one of the one of the things that made me start go towards like an anti-war sort of uh, viewpoint was a speech by Tony Benn, who was a member of the Labour Party in Parliament in the 1990s, who uh, gave a big speech before like in '98 where they're about to bomb Iraq again. Oh my God, it's so and, good. And he talks about like the horror he went through. Um, I'll put it in as well. Too. He talked about the horrors he went through during the London Blitz and then talked about like, don't Arabs still feel this way too? Don't they also have a resolve after, after they get bombed? What fools we are for doing this. War is an easy thing to talk about. There are not many people uh, of the generation that remember it. The right honorable gentleman served with distinction. The last war, I never killed anyone, but I wore a uniform. But I was in London in the Blitz in 1940, living in the Millbank Tower where I was born. Some different ideas have come in since. And uh, every night I went down to the shelter in Thames House. Every morning I saw Dockland burning. 500 people were killed in Westminster one night by a landmine. It was terrifying. 
Aren't Arabs terrified? Aren't Iraqis terrified? Don't Arab and Iraqi women weep when their children die? Doesn't bombing strengthen their determination? What fools we are to live in a generation for which war is a computer game for our children and just an interesting little channel for news items. And it's the same thing. It's, a, it's an endless cycle that for some reason will just never end until they finally decide to actually give equal rights and equal opportunities to the Palestinians. Colonial settler settlements don't ever stop. They just expand. That, that's it. I mean... <clears throat> And right now what you have in Israel is you have a right-wing party, you have a far-right-wing party, and you have a fascist party. And all of them are dedicated to killing Palestinians. That's it. Yep. By, yeah. by any means necessary. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you literally have like the son of Bibi Netanyahu, Yair, posting like Nazi propaganda memes. Did you see that shit? Like oh, the, yeah. so, the Soros memes? Like, yeah, he's he's like an all right fail son, but yeah. also, which is weird because he's Jewish. But at the same point, too, like the far right people in America love Israel, too, even if they hate Jews. Yep. I mean, that that's the that's the incredible thing about it all, because that yeah. gives the game away. I mean, they, they yeah. love it because Israel's an ethno state. They love it because yep. they fight against the other that fascism has to always combat no matter what. So, yeah, that's it. No matter what. Yeah. It just I turns mean, out that way. Yeah. And that, that reminds me of um, there was like, so a local rabbi posted like in, in Salt Lake posted a picture of um, a like apparently at a one of the synagogues downtown, somebody carved like a, a swastika into some glass on a door, which is obviously a horrific thing to do. Um, and they have cameras and hopefully they figure out like who did that. But so he, he said a swastika scratched into the front window of a synagogue, May 2021, 20, Salt Lake City, Utah, we will not live in fear um, or cower in fear. And of, like he got a lot of local support from, you know, uh, local politicians and all that. But he responded to his own tweet and said, but tell me more how this is about a land dispute. Essentially, it's insinuating that this is somehow related to what's taking place with the violence that they're uh, that Israel is doing, not, you know, necessarily the Jewish people, but Israel as a state is inflicting upon Palestinians. Um, and that point that you just said, like people are like, are you like, do you have proof that this is somehow related? Like, do you th are you accusing Palestinians or Arabs of doing this? So I, that's why I said, I said, how exactly does this relate? And then, you know, pointed out what you were just saying. I said, it's probably a good time to point out that American neo-Nazis and white supremacists, while hating Jews and wanting them out of America, are also quite fond of the state of Israel and their success in creating an ethno state through violent means, which is exactly the case. And there you'll find a lot of um, like like you just said, Jordan, and to your point, like they love Israel and one, because that's a place where the Jews can go to and to not live in America anymore, but also is that they have created and are like have an ethnostate project. Yeah. And, like I, I think yeah. I heard this off of the trail bellies, but they said essentially the most, uh, they said that the creation of Israel was essentially the most racist NIMBY project in world history. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Jesus well, you're not going to be in Central or Eastern Europe, so how about here? Yep. Yep. In colonial land, we don't care about anyway, so have at it. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so uh, that's essentially, I mean, that's the situation here. I'm not, again, surprised at all that our local, local leaders have this position, but it's like the good 
the the optimistic thing is that you know more people are like the protests that have taken place across the world but i mean in the united states in particular have been some of the biggest protests i've i've seen and um i think the tide is turning for a lot of 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 younger generations and something that's important to keep in mind. And I think that like Norm Finkelstein and Noam Chomsky has brought this up in particular is that one of the biggest threats to Israel, since supposedly all of this is in defense of Israel and all of these atrocities that are being committed are in order to preserve the state. One of the biggest threats to Israel is having, is trying to turn, is turning the entire world against you by doing these atrocities. When you have so many young people who are losing any, like especially young Jewish Americans who are losing any sort of positive relationship, both mentally and and maybe in their actions as well with Israel, it's not because they're feeding into anti-Semitic propaganda or something like that. It's because they don't support the state's actions at this point. And they don't want the state of Israel to speak for Jews, for all Jews, but American Jews as well. And people can't identify um, with that as well. And Oh, man, that that line from Michael Brooks in particular, um, he said something. I need to find his exact quote, uh, but he said um, after saying it's not complicated, um, he explicitly says, "My Jewish values teach me to oppose apartheid." I don't think anyone could really say it any better than that. And like Norm Finkelstein has this is, has the same worldview as well, where his both of his parents were in death camps. One was in. Um, Auschwitz. I can't remember which ones they were. Yeah, one was in Auschwitz, and both all of his extended family, outside of both of his parents, were killed in the Holocaust. All grandparents, aunts and uncles, every single person on his family was was exterminated in the Holocaust, except for his parents. And he explicitly states how the lessons that his parents taught him about what took place at that time and and the result of all of those things is why he feels the way he does about like you know Palestinian liberation. Um, and so it's a threat to Israel when they behave in a way that makes people, you know, turns them off from, from its quote existence or anything like that. It's like people won't be on the side of your war crimes forever. And hopefully more and more people are like calling it out for what it is, because I mean, they have the backing of the largest superpower in the history of humanity. Um, not sure how long that can possibly last, but I mean, that is the status quo. But I mean, anyway, I think like the, there was a former like Israeli ambassador to the U.S. who uh, said that essentially all we have left is like Christian Zionists because we can't account for like the American Jews to be a to be a demographic that we can depend on in the future. So and. Yeah. It makes sense too. This is going to become more of a left-right sort of dichotomy in the future. There's no doubt about that. This is going to be the new foreign policy issue. Like, why are we giving three billion dollars to Israel every single year? Why did President Obama give them seventy-four billion in new weapon sales? It's it's going to be it's going to be that. That's going to be the new sort of like fault line between the left and the right. And I and yeah, and it's been the like it's American you know, homogeny where that this has continued. And it's been like, it's been the status quo where there's literally, there's no daylight between the two parties on this. This is just how it's always been. Um, yeah. And And, uh, yeah, sorry, continue. And I think it's also just because like, as every single day we get further away from like nine 11 and the war on terrorism, the essential nature of Israel, especially as a partner in the war on terrorism becomes less and less. 
because yep. we have people who are becoming voters now who weren't alive during 9-11. They weren't there for the fear. They didn't, they weren't worked up into like a, into a fervor for, um, for a fervor for the Iraq war or anything like that. Like this is all, this is all just new. Like, why are we just allowing them to brutalize these people with our, with our tax dollars that turn into our planes that we built for bombs that we built for equipment we gave them. It, it, it's just becoming something that's unsustainable. Yeah, entirely. I mean, it's completely like, like for example, so it was just announced by CNN earlier this evening, President Biden having weathered the first major foreign crisis of his presidency touted a ceasefire deal that appears to end the bloody 11 day conflict between Israel and Hamas. Adam Johnson, he quoted this and said, Biden, Biden admin lets Israel's leveling of Gaza run its course while approving arms sales and providing cover at the UN. Then when Israel has killed hundreds of civilians and runs out of infrastructure targets, they take credit for Israeli approved ceasefire. Why not? Like people can see through this shit and it cannot last forever. And um, they, they phrase yeah, it I like mean, it's allowing a toddler to cry out their tantrum. That's exactly what it is. It's it's what it really is, is allowing Bibi Netanyahu to build a coalition government because he needed something to get people on his side. But while avoiding, <sighs> I don't know, going to prison because he's a yep. fucking war criminal. Yeah. As long as he stays in office, he can avoid prison. So and uh, as Jordan pointed out on, on, our, on our outline, uh, our local official statement about, you know, about how they're on Israel's side. Um, came uh, around the same day where, you know, Spencer Cox is talking about how we shouldn't be avoiding hard conversations about racism. And it's like, I don't think there is a more, a more difficult conversation for people in this country to have uh, in the last 70 years than talking about the reality of what Israel is <laughs> like, yep. um, and the, and the systemic racism and injustice that's taken place. But anyway. Uh, not to end on a on a super brutal note like we normally do in these situations, but I mean, like that's it's there's no I don't know, can't it's hard to end any other way on that tone because it's just so uh, it's been brutal. It's been really tough to watch, and this is just going on without you know us being able to control a lot of it when our government is not only complicit but is encouraging the uh, violence and the ethnic cleansing that's been taking place. So, whew, boy. I actually haven't, uh, we haven't talked about this yet and I, uh, I haven't talked about this out loud yet. That felt good. Felt yeah, that good. was, um, that was great. I mean, that's one way to describe it. And I'm, uh, I mean, it felt good to get all of that out of my brain. Cause I have not like, I know it, it, I've it's, just been stewing in my thoughts on this for like a long time now. It's hard to think about Cause you see all these things you see like the, uh, one person did a tweet about like using like the snap filter that like shows you different places in the world and then clicking on like oh, Tel yeah, Aviv exactly. and then West Jerusalem and then Gaza mm -hmm. and then contrasting the two just it's turns your blood cold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, yeah, that, 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 that is a really interesting way of looking at what's going on, going on the snap map and just looking at hitting the little hot spots or whatever. And yeah, exactly what you said. There are people having beach days in Tel Aviv. Um, people going to pizzeria the, you know, nightclubs and all that. Yep, pizzeria nightclubs. And then you click on Gaza and there's children walking around in the rubble of their homes. So um, both sides, though. Both sides are equally responsible and we we blame them both equally. Like I said, if you really want an in-depth conversation with people who know what they're talking about, listen to that chapo that just dropped today. It's much more in-depth. 
talks about yeah. everything that you could possibly ever want to know and exactly why this is significant compared to everything we've focused on in the past. So, yep. Yep. hundred percent. Well, gentlemen, it's been, it's been a pleasure. I think we've, uh, done our due dil- due diligence. Yes. Here this evening. Um, Oh, on, uh, completely unrelated. Greg, plug your your uh, your side project, your side hustle. Your My side, side hustle, yeah. So I started uh, started a, another podcast with friend of this pod, Sarah Todd. It's called Unsalvageable. It is a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find it everywhere. <laughs> and. I, I don't know. I'm super stoked to be talking talking basketball and not just with yeah, you two Yeah, and it's idiots. super good. Greg is, gets to talk basketball more consistently. Sarah gets to make fun of Greg. It's a <laughs> it's a really good listen. It's definitely the best Utah Jazz podcast. It's a great NBA podcast in general, though. For fans of Jarrell Brantley, for fans of Jordan Clarkson as well. So I'm going to make. <laughs> I'm going to smooch him. I'm going to open mouth that, kiss Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson just straight up phone speaker playing Tears for Fears the other night was just he's the coolest. That was great. I, I do I'd love to see that. On a side note, though, since I don't want to be a dummy downer and 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 end the podcast on just nothing but doom and gloom, but I bought you're good. I bought concert tickets for the whoa. I, haven't, I like I haven't been to a concert in well over a year, and I bought a season's pass to Twilight. So you know, if you see me nice. If you see me at Twilight and you're vaccinated, come and give me a big hug. That's right. Who's even going to Twilight? I think I've been to one Twilight concert in like my entire time living in Utah. I used to go to them all the time back. I mean, it was free for a long time. Um, It's still only like, what is it? 10 bucks a show maybe at this point. Yeah. I think I paid, I think for season pass might be like six bucks. Yeah. I paid like a, like a hundred something for, for the wife and I to get seasons passes. Nice. I don't know. I think we're all just like chomping in the bed to get outside and like see oh, music. Totally. So like, yeah, I'm super stoked on that. That'll be great. Never found the missing bride Windows dark but they're all